to Next in Nonprofits. I'm Steve Boland, and I am very pleased to welcome back again for another conversation on the podcast, Dominique Kalik, the YW Boston Associate Director of Annual Giving and Special Events. Dominique, thanks so much for coming back on the show. Thanks so much for having me. I loved our last conversation, so I'm excited to have yet another conversation with you today. Um, for folks that didn't hear our earlier podcast, uh, Dominique talking about fundraising while black and her experience, um, I'm going to link that in the show notes. It's super interesting. Go listen to that too. Um, but today, just I reached out because I, th- I do think we had just a great conversation last time, and I wanted to talk to another professional fundraiser around the ideas of uh, how people choose to do um, giving through other sites uh, um, and how this kind of intermediates a relationship with a donor and tries to talk about fundraising. So the example that got me to be thinking about recording this conversation uh, is the usual Amazon smile kind of solicitation where you might go to a website of a nonprofit organization um, or you might hear it from Amazon directly or somewhere that says, uh, hey, you know, here's the ways you can support us. Absolutely, you know, direct donation over here or you can volunteer or, and then they have this, you know, if you're going to be shopping through Amazon or your local co-op grocer or whoever kind of thing, if you use this special link or you go this special way, um, we'll get a uh, sample or get a little bit of that money uh, for our charity and it would uh, help us out. So it's one more option that you can do to uh, find a way to support us. And I, I know a number of charities choose to do this and I have my kind of concerns and thoughts that I wanted to chat about with that. But Dominique, when, when somebody says to you, Hey, would you you know think about a link to X, Y, or Z um, as a way of raising money for your charity? Um, what do you do? How do you think about it? What are the thoughts that go through your head when you're thinking about uh, those kinds of relationships with um, external organizations? Yeah, no, I, I definitely, I mean, I'm no, I'm, I've seen the Amazon smiles and I've seen all the various avenues that folks have taken to you kind of solicit these micro donations. And I am a big fan of micro donations because it kind of takes the, the, the exclusive nature of fundraising out of it and makes it more accessible to a wider audience of people. So the idea of the micro donation is something that I think is a phenomenal idea because it definitely helps maintain your your revenue stream. It's with the micro donation, the thing that makes them more of an accessible thing to building your revenue stream is the fact that you can still treat those micro micro donors as your the same way that you're treating your your monthly recurring donors your your major donors the your tried and true donors and with something like Amazon Prime or Amazon Smile rather and all these various avenues it takes that opportunity away because you're not giving some of the, the the same access to these people who are supporting you from afar and so when you're going and using an Amazon Smile link, you're not you're not going to find out who the donor is, and right. so you can't begin to cultivate that relationship so that you can continue to um, continue to get support from these particular donors. And so I always think back to that age old fundraising. Um, I guess it's not even a fable. I think it's just the truth. It costs more to retain. Um, to 
get new donors, but it costs less to maintain your, your existing donors. And so in spending all this time maintaining your Amazon Prime link and making sure you're publicizing this and doing all that, you're spending a lot of your assets, which is your time, um, which then equates to the money that you're paying those who are exuding that time into that Amazon Prime or Smiles access point, you're you're using that their time and talent there as opposed to using your their time and talent to really maintain the relationships that will continue to to bring in revenue year after year. Yeah, I think that was my concern about this, uh, but I think that there's varying levels and it's more complicated um, with different types of relationships. So the the Amazon Smile one is uh, you know easy because every charity in America has access to this particular tool, and for that matter, several international organizations also do. So it's it's not the same as our local businesses want want to do a, a roundup at the register program or whatever. And I want to get into those kinds of relationships and those kinds of ideas. But um, it seems to me that when we're talking about something big like Amazon Smile, first we have to look at what kind of real return are we likely to get by promoting people doing this? I mean, actual financial return on the investment, let alone how does the relationship become intermediated by this third party or all those other things. Um, and when you look at the the rates, of course, it's a 0.5% of a purchase um, could be eligible on on some products, not everything fits for Amazon Smile. Um, and, and thinking about, well, how much do you have to spend um, at Amazon for that to add up to be anything? You know, so either you've got many, many, many thousands of people who are using that link to do their Amazon shopping, and then it starts to matter to you, or you're just not looking at any kind of real dollar return. So now the question becomes, right, what else are we getting out of this? Are we getting a donor relationship? Are we getting somebody who's more committed to our relationship? Are we stewarding somebody who might choose to be involved in some other way? Um, and that to me is one of those concerns about the big players, the, the Amazon level type players to go, how do we connect to that donor uh, via this thing, or if we send them from our website to go to Amazon Smile with our particular link, are we just sending the donor away and they've gone to do something else and maybe we don't talk to them anymore? Um, is that part of the calculus in what you're thinking about those big players? Yeah, I think those big players definitely... They, so you're sending them away and they're not building that connection and they're not gaining the understanding about your organization. And so it makes the experience really transactional. And yeah. so those transactional experiences that you get with those big players aren't going to provide you anything that is going to move your mission and your work along. Whereas I've seen, I think there's a time and a place for you to partner with organizations or smaller shops that and do something similar but again you're still those are still going to be smaller dollars and you have your focus shouldn't be on oh i'm going to be building this big revenue stream from this partnership i think that there there's a time and place for you to be intentional about partnerships like that and something like amazon smiles doesn't allow you to be very intentional because there's not there's not an opportunity for you to really leverage and build a connection with those people who are supporting you through Amazon Smiles. And it's not adding any value to the work that you're doing with your mission. And 
I mean, that's not a knock on Amazon because like there, that's a whole different topic. Yeah. That's just saying that you you're not able to really have a genuine relationship with these big players that is going to be mutually beneficial to the big player and to your organization. Yeah, I think that's the right call for a lot of charities that I at least have spoken with about this thing, but it doesn't stop people from just seeing it's another revenue stream, right? It's another way of bringing some money in. So we should absolutely put some energy into it. The downside of that being, um, again, that maybe depending on the organization you're working with, it might even be mixed messaging. You know, if you're uh, uh, out there, you know, working for a, a you know, workers' rights campaign or whatever, and you're sending people to Amazon who's in the middle of these big battles against workers' rights organizations, you know, that's kind of mixed messaging. So you got to be thinking about the mission alignment question for sure. Um, but also that question of what are we getting out of this relationship besides that, you know, 0.5% of the occasional person that clicks in. If there's not, you know, if I, if I got a, a message with my receipt from Amazon, like, Hey, thanks for buying the widget and your widget is supporting X, Y, and Z charity today. Here's the link to their website to learn more, you know, okay. You know, the, the, that's maybe something more that we're getting out of that, but that's not how that particular program works. So having thought about that big player of, you know, the, the international um, Amazon kind of level, um, what times or, or places do you think are right for that kind of micro donation and how it helps encourage a broader range of people to be involved in your work? Yeah. So I think that with these micro donations that are tied to like a good or service, you really have to think about the alignment with that partnership or that collaboration with your organization. And then in doing that and having that alignment, you're, you're furthering your work towards your mission, but you're also amplifying the work of some sort of artisan or some good or service that is tied to your work. And so it's less about the the actual dollars that are happening there. Again, micro donations are great and they're uh, definitely a form of revenue that people should tap into because it makes giving more accessible across the, the border. But it with this type of partnership, there's opportunity for you to really tap into other forms of support that are important to your organization. So for instance, I think back to my organization, we thought through the pandemic, we were like, well, everybody needs a mask. So we wanted to provide an opportunity for us to create a mask with a small woman owned business here that is local, that was going to be able to, you know, provide a micro donation to the organization with every purchase of the mass, but we tied the purchase of those masks and that partnership to a larger campaign. So it's not just, oh, we want you to make this purchase and um, you're going to give your, your, your dollars to this mass and then a portion of those proceeds will come to us. It was bigger than that. It was more of, okay, now that you have this mass, you're a part of the, this movement and you should use this hashtag or you mm -hmm. should post on social media and creating a larger movement that is tied to our organization's work. Yeah, I think that's a, a 
great thinking of what are we getting out of this besides the dollar amount. And um, I was looking at a um, fundraising software for a, a different organization with a minimum transaction of $5 or whatever. Um, and I'm like, wanted to see, could we push that down? Is there a way that we can accept a dollar online, even though there's going to be a 30 cent to the transaction, you know, cost and all the rest of it. It's not about, are we then making money, but are we connecting with that person who, you know, for them, that dollar means something that $5 means something. And they are making that connection with our mission because it's important. And that dollar amount is the right thing, in which case we're building a relationship. Somebody's talking about us. They might be posting favorably on social media. It's not about how much are they giving. It's about, can they connect through a donation? Is that a way we allow them in the front door? So to your point of things like you're probably going to buy a mask, uh, you know, the, that's going to happen. Do you want to connect through our mission to that? And can we learn something about you that way. I think my biggest concern about some of these tools, um, especially these these browser-based ones where, you know, install our browser plugin and, and we'll make a donation to you kind of thing, um, is that it's not asking the, the donor to learn anything more about your charity other than we're sending our traffic to your browser extension um, because, you know, we think we might get a little bit of money out of it. Um, I, I love much more the idea of um, we're, co-promoting this with somebody that we care about, that we have a mission alignment with kind of thing. And that, that concept of doing it because it is a micro donation as well as a mission alignment makes a lot more sense to me. When, when that came up with, uh, with the uh, YW Boston, did you, um, you already had a relationship with this particular vendor or did you go seek somebody locally when the idea of masking really became more of a thing? How did, how did that organically generate? Yeah, no. So we, we spent some time. So one of the things that we try and do annually is promote small minority and women owned businesses. So we have, been, we continue to create a list of small businesses that are both minority and women owned. And so when the mass situation started to, you know, become more permanent and people are really starting to have to buy multiple masks, mm -hmm. we started to look into um, small women-owned and minority-owned um, shops that were creating these custom masks and building those partnerships and really looking into um, who could be Amplify that is doing this work and um, is out there and could use a little bit more of uh, a boost from our, our constituent base, but also is an opportunity for us to, to kind of get a boost from her, her work and her product in terms of other goals that we were trying to reach. Okay. So one of the concerns that I have about this is about that donor acquisition thing of, you know, the, the new donor is great if you can connect with them again, uh, that it is, as you were saying, a lot easier to maintain a relationship with the donor than it is to acquire that new donor in the first place. And if this sort of tool helps you meet that new donor, because they shop at that local market or whatever the thing may be, then there's some value in that. But I think the, the concern I have is how do we then in partnership with that local um, shop or, or whoever it might be, 
ask that donor to connect beyond just the donation. So if it's, you know, hey, do you want to round up today to support uh, the YW Boston? Uh, folks at the counter may go, oh, yeah, sure. Because it's literally no effort at all. You know, I'm right there. It's so simple to go, well, I was going to pay 2280 and now I'm going to pay 23 Simple as can possibly be. Um, no effort for me. That's great. How do we then say, hey, and you know, at the end of your transaction today, there's information about what, you know, the YW Boston does for our community over here. Would you, you know, feel free to visit and pick up a brochure or scan this QR code and go to their website, do something where there's a way of connecting beyond just the donation. Most of the time, I think that's kind of hard in these situations. Is that do you, do you see opportunity to get those donors to find you after the micro donation or are we just in a very difficult space there? Yeah, I mean, I think it really depends on the avenue that you're going and you doing the micro donation, like something like going into the grocery store and getting to round up your your total to 23 from 2280 is that's a little bit more difficult because that that's almost borderline a very similar avenue to the Amazon smiles because right. it's it's still that bigger shop. There's not that opportunity for that personal connection because it it's so far removed. Like there is not there is to create those partnerships, you're going through corporate sponsors and you're there, it's very far removed. And there's not there's not an opportunity because there's already so much going on at the grocery store and people are trying to to get their groceries and keep it going. And that's why those quick like, oh, do, do you want to round up? That that works in that in that sense because people are just they're moving so fast. So mm -hmm. to have the opportunity to create that within those bigger juggernauts of like the grocery store, the Amazon smiles, I find it really hard because there it's harder to incorporate that personal touch. And with everything in fundraising, having those personal touch points and being able to cultivate, or that's what's going to push the, the, opportunity for you to retain a new donor there. Yeah, I, I hear you. It's, uh, it's a difficult thing for me to look at. I, I do feel like some of those um, local store roundup things, maybe not necessarily chains, but um, I, I see this happen more in, you know, community owned co-ops and, and smaller neighborhood types of organizational things um, where it's maybe a little bit more of a connection to somebody where you could say, do you have a bulletin board? We could at least put a poster up about who we are, something to do that. Mm -hmm. um, but I just think that the amount of financial return from those is substantially more than anything I've ever seen out of these very large web-based players. Cause the um, it's not a microscopic percentage of the transaction total. Honestly, in most cases, you know, rounding up a quarter uh, is, is a full percent, you know, <laughs> rather than a half percent kind of thing. So I, I think that there's, you can get, you know, seven or $8,000 or $10,000 out of a month of that kind of thing, which is nice. You know, it is better than not getting seven or $8,000, but it's not really as somebody who who thinks about this thing and not just what are we raising this month but rather how are we meeting those people who may have a a, a mission connection because they're shopping at this particular store and we think that that's a, a mission lineup for us 
Um, and or it could be uh, any number of other places where micro donations might make sense. It doesn't, of course, have to be a commercial transaction. Um, but it certainly seems like a lot of the opportunities for this are tied to you're going to be making a purchase somewhere anyway. And now it's a question of are you also going to support the charity? Um, at least this is the kind of way I think about it. Am, am I wrong? Are there other opportunities for people to think about partnering with other organizations while getting kind of that first micro donation and connecting? I mean, I think that there, there is opportunity. And I think that it has to, again, has to be tied to the idea of you, you as an organization using this as more than just, a, oh, we're going to get this micro donation out of this, um, this partnership. So it has to be tied to something that's going to help you attain another goal, whether it's a marketing goal, whether it's a awareness goal, which is still tied to marketing, but like having it be tied to something else and thinking creatively about how to utilize that partnership is where you're really going to get the most bang for your buck when you, you start to invest your time in, in exploring partnerships like this. And so when you're exploring partnerships like this, it, it's the job of the fundraiser to start to be creative and mm -hmm. think about the other goals that you're trying to, to attain that match with this particular opportunity. Yeah, you know, way back in the day, uh, uh, and maybe this still happens in places, and I'm just not seeing it very much anymore. There was these um, fundraising campaigns around, you know, if we can get X many likes uh, on a social media post, you know, then corporate sponsor B will give us, you know, $1,000 or whatever the thing is, um, you know, or, or go like the corporate page and we get something out of it. I mean, that exchange of value was also happening. I um, don't spend as much time on a lot of those social media channels personally anymore. I'm there for work and I kind of look at the messaging for clients and I, I do those things, but I'm not seeing as much of that kind of transactional stuff. Is that in the space still where, where organizations are, are looking to leverage just aware uh, that, that kind of crowd connection into things like that? Yeah, I think that with that kind of crowd connection, it's kind it's evolved. So that was yeah. that was in like the early onset of like nonprofits understanding social media and the power that social media has. And then now as you're you're really starting to see social media evolve because it's forever changing and mm -hmm. things are always going to adapt, you're starting to see the evolution of that kind of fundraising where it's more of like, okay, instead of partnering and saying for this like, you have a, a series of posts that are tied to a, a specific influencer or, or some particular public figure that is going to be a recurring thing that kind of drives to a specific campaign. So there, we started off with give you give me a like so that I could get this partnership with or this um this X amount from this corporation, and then we moved on to let's create entire campaigns that have strategic social media strategy that incorporate you know your influencers, your public figures, etc. Mm. That will help to build awareness while also creating some sort of revenue stream. Okay. Because I do still see very, again, less frequently, but still sometimes out there that um, uh, vote for us for this grant 
grant, quote unquote, um, this contest thing, whatever that, you know, the, this particular corporation or organization is going to give away $5,000 to whoever gets these the most votes on this social media platform. And again, it's that same kind of question of, if we push all of our people to do that thing, what I need you to do today is go to, you know, Corporation X and, and cast a vote for us to to be the um, recipient of whatever the thing is that we're going to get. Um, are we building a relationship with us or are we sending our traffic over to them? And, and again, it's not really even technically a donation at that point. It's uh, it's a lottery ticket towards a donation, but it is a microtransaction that your supporters could do. You know, that that kind of thing where it's like, well, it's a click, you know, it doesn't take me very long to do. Um, are we spending our time well asking our supporters, you know, here's what I want you to do today is go over here and vote yes for us um, versus instead of that, what I want you to do is you know, repost this program information about, you know, how people can get help from us. And that would be a really useful thing for you to help us spread the word. Or um, we do have a fundraiser coming up in six weeks, and we'd love it if you could share that date on your social media. I mean, there's a lot of things you could ask for alternatively to the please go click on somebody else's website thing. Um, those are still happening, but I don't see a lot of the charities that I work with participating. Is that something you hear about people doing uh, still in that kind of microtransaction thought? I mean, there are definitely still those opportunities out there. And the the few times that I do see organizations do it, I the first thing that I think of is what's the follow-up that you're including after. And so there's mm. lots of data points that you can can pull from um, when you get somebody to go and click on a link in an email or get them to go like something on Facebook that you can then used to plan your follow-up, but oftentimes it's, okay, we got them to do that like, and that's the stopping point. Hmm. And even, I mentioned this earlier, but like with these micro donations, it's still a cycle. And you're, so these are still donors going through the full donor cycle. And just because they're doing something at a smaller scale that might not tip the, the bucket all the way over and give you the, the, $10,000 major gift that you're looking for, it is still a relationship that needs to be nurtured and there needs to be an action plan and a follow-up so that you can retain that relationship. Or, or build it in the first place. If part of what we're trying to yeah. do here is donor acquisition, that you know we don't know the customers of this business yet. They don't know us yet. So we're trying to get that introduction where they can learn about our mission and see if we're a fit for where they want to be uh, committed in, in this world and all those good uh, charity things that we spend a lot of time looking for new avenues to meet those donors. If it's acquisition, then we need some way to write follow up with those people to come to our website, fill out our contact form, join our newsletter, follow us on social media, some way that we can connect with them again in the future to start that conversation around the message that we're trying to work through. And I don't know that that's always clear in these types of campaigns. They, they tend to maybe throw more out of, you know, hey, we're just going to give you money. So what, what more do you need? Um, and I think that the answer here is, um, you know, especially when it's these sort of microtransactions, um, sometimes a micro donation and sometimes not even the donation, but just the, the step toward getting a, 
a grant or an award or something um, that we we need more than this year's ten thousand dollars or this year's five thousand dollars we need to to build a movement in our community around these issues and we need people to know us and and connect with us so if we spend our time focused on these types of campaigns we we better know as you're saying that there is a plan for how we can at least offer the opportunity to connect. Not every donor will want that. And that's fine. You know, sometimes somebody just participates in a corporate donation campaign. They get their, the thing that they need. We get a, a little tiny donation and they don't really want to be involved in learning more about the mission. And people should always have that choice of saying, no, I, I don't care to, but I think too often there isn't a mechanism for them to connect and learn more and see if they want to become involved. And that follow-up is where I think these things can use too much of our time and energy as a charity without as much opportunity to really build something for the future. So it's not as simple though, as just we either do individual donor campaigns or we do microtransaction, micro donation campaigns, right? There's got to be some level of sometimes we do this and how do you think about, you know, when we start and how we follow up? Yeah, I think that oftentimes as fundraisers, we think, okay, we have to use this this strategy and that's our main thing, but it's okay to have a mix and match strategy. Like not everybody is going to want to engage the same in the same way. And I think the, the, the reason why a lot of fundraisers get attracted to these micro um, donation campaigns that are in partnership with these other organizations is because they look at it as an opportunity to start to connect with a different generation. And so with, with the micro fund um, donations that that's often specifically targeted towards your younger, um, your younger donors. So your millennials, your Gen Z, your I don't even know what they're calling the folks after Gen Z, but you know, <laughs> as as we continue to move along in our jet in, into the various generations, you're trying to attract uh, a different type of donor profile, and so that's what people. That's why people tend to be like, okay, let me try this this strategy out, and then it's like all or nothing with that. But you still have to have you can't build a strategy that is solely dependent on this one thing. You need to make sure that your strategy has a couple of different pegs to it that so that it's able to be sustainable. I look at your fundraising strategy as a table. You mm-hmm. can't have a, a table that's only going to have like one leg or two legs. You need, you need a, a pretty, like you need a strong base. And so with mm-hmm. a strong base, you're going to have multiple prongs to support that. And so putting in effort into a micro donation campaign, yeah, you could do that and build out a, a different leg, but you want to make sure that you're doing it and it's intentional because every other one of your, your legs of your table, you've thought out and you were intentional about that. And so if you have this one leg that is a little less detail oriented and you weren't as intentional about the planning with that. It's as if you have a table and like one of the legs is too short. (laughs) No, it's a, it's a good visual to think about, but uh, I think that's a, um, maybe rather than thinking about it, that like every leg has to be equal, that they all have to bear some weight. And I think that question of how much time and attention do we put into this as a strategy versus 
um, uh, folks that maybe have made that first $50 donation or $100 donation and they're like, well, we should be talking to them some more about why they gave that and where their values are and what is it about our work that, you know, all those kinds of things. If we, are, if we did a good job on that initial donation with that, you know, non-micro donor, that, that, that good entry-level donor, maybe we already know something about what brought them in. Uh, that campaign was, was well thought out and we already knew that it was really trying to attract this kind of donor. But you get to these broad category things where these micro donations are really targeting at getting large numbers of people. And we probably know less. And especially for groups, you know, like YW Boston, where presumably there's several program areas that might really inspire a donor, right? Not necessarily that it's just one thing you do. It could be any number of those. And you've got to be ready with the follow-up to help understand what's what's the connection. It seems like that's a, a few more steps in engagement from that micro transaction than it might be from somebody who tripped across in at, at 50 or $100, right? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some extra steps there. Yeah. And I'm not saying that those extra steps aren't worth it. I'm mm -hmm. saying that those extra steps are there. And oftentimes they're forgotten about because with these micro donation strategies, they're tied to these larger corporations like the Amazon Smiles, like the, the grocery stores, et cetera. And so- with those partnerships, you really have, you as the fundraiser have the burden of teaching that culture of philanthropy and what is going to be what beneficial for your organization when it comes to philanthropy and this partnership. And oftentimes those, the Amazon smiles, the, the grocery stores, they're in control of these relationships and they have a bigger say and you're not you're not able to really build in that culture of philanthropy that you're going to need in order to have this be a well thought out and intentional campaign for your organization. Yeah, so I ran into something with a different um, organization that I worked with last year where we had um, some folks coming to us going, gosh, I want to raise money for you from my um, uh, music sales. You know, I'm going to, I'm a musician. I, I think your work is really great. And I want to dedicate some portion of this revenue to you. Um, there's very low energy involved in us doing anything at that point, right? That they're just like, I'm just going to, I just want to let you know that I want to do this. Um, and, you know, if we had any objection, of course, we could say so. But it's also okay, I think, in some of those circumstances to just go, well, we're not really building a great relationship the way you're structuring it, but it also is literally not taking any of my staff time. No volunteers are being asked for anything. You know, you're, you're using this conversation, you know, okay, I guess, you know, it, it doesn't hurt question mark? I mean, do you have thoughts about that kind of a thing where a, um, a, a pretty small, pretty not, you know, big number of people being reached impact thing comes to you? I, I mean, I don't see reasons to, um, to try and, and put up any walls there. Yeah, I so with that kind of situation, I instantly think everyone's going to think about the multiple people who are, are listening to the music and providing the, the dollars for that and the, multiple little micro donations. But instantly in that situation, I'm not thinking about those micro donors. I'm thinking about the relationship with the person who reached out and wants to do this, um, this opportunity and is doing this because they felt impacted by the mission or the work or what they saw. And how am I going to build a sustainable relationship with that particular person? Because that is a relationship that was organic and 
you want to make sure that in the future, maybe there will be other opportunities that will promote a bigger culture of philanthropy that um, you can collaborate with this person. But you, the, the door has been opened and now you have to maintain that relationship. Well, and that's, I guess, what I'm kind of prodding around because I'm not sure about the answer to is how much energy does one put into that if, you know, a well-intended person who, you know, uh, wants to do this for, let's just say it's music, but, you know, they've got a day job and this is something that they gig occasionally and there's not a big following. There's not maybe as much potential uh, impact with them that you can see today. You know, who knows about the future? But if, if you know, one musician does that and then another one and then another one and you're suddenly spending time kind of managing relationships with folks where you just don't see connecting to larger groups, uh, you know, is, is it just cruel to say, you know, we, we only have so much time and I'm happy to just say thank you. But if you want me to, you know, put something on our website or our social media page or if you want us to, you know, show up at your gig and say something about the charity or whatever, at some point, you know, you, you have to evaluate how much time and energy versus what potential benefit the, the mission gets out of that. I, I'm guessing, I don't know, I mean, maybe I'm thinking about this wrong. I mean, absolutely. I think that with everything that you're doing, you, you have to think about capacity of your staff because at the end of the day, if your staff is overworked and they can't do the work, your staff's not going to do the work. So <laughs> like, if you can't, if you can't commit to saying, oh, I'm going to do, we're going to partner with this person and they have the, these particular asks that they're asking, like whether it's attending the event, then that's a conversation that needs to be had. And I think with all of these, it's an opportunity for a conversation. And I think that oftentimes people think that if you're going into a conversation and it's not necessarily what that particular person wants to hear, it's automatically a negative conversation and it has done no good to your work and your mission, et cetera. But yeah. just because you're having a conversation and you're not saying exactly what this particular person wants to hear doesn't mean that it's not going to end up being a relationship that you can still build upon. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Because I, I think the flip side of this and some organizations I've been working with that struggle on, um, you know, the the flip side of this, where they want a, a musician to come to their event, they want an artist to perform at a uh, an opportunity where they're really hoping to connect with people. Um, and they're always asking for the donation on that side, right? Can you just give us your time? Can you, you know, not charge us for this? And I think many people are are finally maybe kind of post COVID coming around to the idea of, yeah, we've really got to be willing to invest in those people, um, as we would ask for them to be invested in us, we've got to pay artists for their time. What um, we can't just don't ask them to donate all the time to that thing. Um, but that gets into the same question then of, all right, we're going to um, make sure to pay you a fair amount for your time to help us connect with this audience or whatever. Uh, are we still getting something out of that that makes sense for us? Are we you know, getting a, a cut of a CD sale when you're at the door as a part of your compensation? You can sell your CDs and, and we get that or whatever the thing may be. Uh, I think it's okay to do that, but it's also all right to 
come to that conclusion on your own that uh, there have been plenty of times that we as charities have gone out to businesses for the donation or to artists or to whoever and said, would you give us the little micro something, you know, provide cookies for the meeting, whatever it might have been. Uh, and maybe we can be thinking of what are they getting out of that? How are we providing relationship with people that makes sense uh, where we really are, everybody kind of coming to the table and winning? Yeah, I mean, I again, I think that, again, goes to my point of it is the responsibility of the fundraiser to really drive that conversation and mm -hmm. educate those that you're partnering with around the culture of philanthropy. You can't go into a conversation with, with a partnership like this and expect that they have an understanding of what the culture of philanthropy is and what is going to be of the most value to your organization for in their mind they're they're doing this thing and it's a, a act of good and it's in good faith and that should be enough that to them is the culture of philanthropy but as a fundraiser and as somebody who's on the social impact side you we view the cultural philanthropy as more than just oh you're doing this piece of good you're and there's this this action that's tied to this act of goodness there's more to it than that it's how how did we get here what's the relationship that it's this whole realm of philanthropy that many don't realize goes into the art and science of fundraising yeah, I think that, you know, that art of fundraising thing is something that's so important to think about that there's some things we can measure and there's some some science pieces that we can look at, but some of this piece of uh, what are we getting out of this transactional thing? Because a lot of these micro donation things do have that transaction that's not about the charity in it. What are we getting out of that both right away and over time? But that art of, you know, how do we evolve this relationship over time is really important. And I think um, so much more to say about that, but we're starting to run out of time already. It feels like we just started this conversation. Um, so I, I want to make sure before we have to wrap up, are there um, other thoughts or advice you would you know, offer your fellows out there that are thinking about uh, whether they want to be engaged in these micro donation pieces of uh, where, where do you start or how do you think about it? Yeah, I mean, again, I just really want to emphasize thinking through the intentionality of these, these partnerships, because if, again, going back to that table, you don't want to have a, a leg that's too short, and it's not it's not supporting that table in a way that is going to be beneficial to your organization. And really thinking about whether there's the capacity there to to really invest the time to teach these partners about the culture of philanthropy that is necessary for it to be a mutually beneficial experience for both the, the partner and for the organization. Yeah. I think that's um, a great way to kind of help us wrap this conversation, to ask people to think about that. What's the mutual benefit here? Is that large corporation giving us something that's really worth our time to invest in? Is that smaller, more local organization we can connect to doing more than just money for us? And how does that work? So much to think about. And um, I've been having this gnawing at the back of my head for so long. So Dominic, take, thank you for taking time to talk it out with me on this recording. It really helps. Yeah, no, I, 
I think this is a conversation that definitely needs to be had more in the fundraising space because it is it is something that is happening and it it definitely engages lots of people and it's whether it's engaging lots of people in the most effective way for your organization. That's the bigger question. Yeah. All right. Dominique is the uh, an, or pardon the associate director of annual giving and special events for YW Boston. Dominique, thanks again for your time. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> <laughs>